Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Hey, Creekwood. I'm so glad that you've joined us today for our service. Uh, and uh, I know that you've enjoyed the worship and it's just always, uh, I love to worship God. And I'm, I'm grateful that through um, the invention of technology that we can actually all worship together. And, um, you know, whether you're in your kitchen or out in your back porch or you're out taking a walk today, I want to welcome you and also want to just say, if this is your first time to join us online, uh, I want to welcome you. And let's give everyone a hand today of just a welcome. I know that's a little awkward because you're like maybe by yourself today, but we are uh, just so grateful for everyone that has joined us today. You know, um, we are in our second weekend of the series called The Middle. And as you can tell, I'm outside again here at our West Campus and I love being out here. Uh, so many of you have had an opportunity to be out here and it's just a beautiful place. And I can't wait for us to physically be able to meet together out at this new campus. I wanna just say a few things before we get into our, our teaching today. One is, uh, you've heard me say this so many times and I, I, I mean this from my heart. Uh, we miss you guys. I miss being able to gather physically and again, I'm grateful that we can gather together through technology, but I can't wait for the day that we can get to that we can be together uh, to worship together. And I want to ask you to do me two favors. Um, first of all, again, I'm so proud of you guys and, and our church and the way that we have jumped into this new season that we're in. And I want to ask you to do two things for me. One is, you know, it. I want you to continue to invite people to church. I believe it's never been easier to invite someone to join you for church. And uh, you can, whether you share it on Facebook or we have a lot of different ways that you can share that and continue to, to share the, um, the service with other people. And also I wanna ask you to continue to pray for our staff and the leadership of this church. And I, I want you to know we, as, as the leadership of Creekwood, we're praying and we're seeking God about when exactly uh, is the moment for us to begin to physically start gathering together. And I, I want you to know that we, we're seeking God. We're also uh, watching the news and listening to all the, the different reports and things. And we, number one, want to keep our church safe. And we want to also um, be led by God. I know that, you know, God is not limited by this pandemic. God's not limited by all this. God is still touching people's lives God is still saving people. And so continue to invite people and also pray. And if you'll do that, I know that, that this is going to, to just help us continue to move forward in a great way. And I believe that when we look back on this one day, this is going to be a season that we say, you know, in the middle of all that, God worked in such a powerful way. I know I, I was thinking back um, uh, when I had ba two back surgeries and I was out of the church for 10 weeks. And a lot of you guys remember that and it was miserable for me to be gone. And one of the things that happened was 
those 10 weeks, the church um, did better than it's ever done. And I know uh, my wife meant this as a compliment, but she said to me, she said, see, it's not as much about you as you think it is. God is in control and God is working. And listen, I, I believe that God is, is, is doing some powerful, powerful things during this season. So uh, again, let's keep inviting, let's keep praying, and let's, let's believe God for great things. I want us to pray today. And I, I know, again, I, I want, wherever you're at, I want it to be a sanctuary. I want you to feel and sense the presence of God. And so I want to ask you to bow your heads today and I want us to pray. Father, thank you for these next few moments as we look into your word. I thank you, Father, that God, you love us so much. And God, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, Lord, Father, you're with us. And Lord, I pray that your presence would be so powerful in, in whatever space that we're in today, God, that you, oh God, would just um, overwhelm us with your goodness, overwhelm us with your presence. We thank you for this. And everyone said, amen. Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them and go to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 11 through 12. And as you know, last weekend, uh, if you were with us, uh, we started this brand new series called The Middle. And, um, you know, The Middle is, is a, um, a season that we don't like to think about. There's really three different stages or seasons in our life. There's always the beginnings. There are beginnings of everything. There's the, the ending. And those things, the beginning and ending, they have their powerful moments. But the middle is the, the, the stage or the season that we don't like very often. And most of us are just trying to get through the middle. And in this series, we're, we're looking at ways that uh, people in the Bible well, they were able to step into these middle moments and were able to experience the power of God in their life. They were experience, experiencing breakthroughs in their life in the middle. What does your middle look like today? And I, I don't know, again, there, there's so many of us that are going through so many different things and some of us, it's very personal. It, what represents your middle that you are like, I just want to get through this transition. I want to get through this and I want to look at a passage of scripture that um, spoke to me just in such a powerful way. And I, I am so convinced that this scripture is for this weekend for us to look at. Because I believe that a lot of you are going to, as we read this scripture, you are going to know that this is for you. And Let's look at this together. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 23 at verse 11, it says, and again, the context of this is there's this battle going on and, and there are these different warriors that are, are the special uh, warriors for King David that represented Israel and they, and they were just these incredible, I can just imagine gladiator kind of guys that were warriors. And it says next to him was Shammah, son of Agi, the Heretite, when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. And there it is. It says, he, Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. And I want you to notice several things about this scripture. Again, one is that 
There's this battle going on. And the Bible tells us that this battle is happening and all of Israel, all the soldiers, the Israelites, they all take off running. They're all running and trying to get away from the battle. And one man by the name of Shammah, he actually puts himself in the middle. Do you know that there are certain middles that you're going to enter into that it's a choice? That you're going to have to step into that moment. You're going to have to step into that middle. It's a decision. It's a choice. And Shama makes this decision to go stand in the middle of this field, this field of lentils. And I know a lot of us may not even know what lentils are. Um, I was talking to one of our pastors today about lentils and they were like, well, I don't even, I've had lentil soup, but I've never really had, I don't, I don't know what a lentil looks like. And, you know, I was thinking about this. It, it's, it's like a bean. But he's out there in this, in this field of lentils. And what makes a guy, when everybody else is leaving the battlefield and everybody else is running away, what makes one man decide to make the decision, the choice, to go stand in the middle. I don't think it was a vegetable. I know some of you hate vegetables and you for sure are not a big fan of lentils. I don't believe it was that he went and stood and fought because there were lentils there. I think it was much bigger. I think it was, Shama was willing to go stand in this field because not because he was special, not because of any other reason, but he knew who he was. He knew who he was in his relationship with God, in his relationship with King David. And he's willing to go and stand and fight for what I believe is, is, is something that a lot of us fight for every day. And I believe that Shama was not willing to give in to any surrender, any more of the territory that the enemy was trying to take away. That Shama got to a place that he said, I, I'm not going to give up any more territory. This territory, I'm going to go stand in the middle of this field and I'm not giving it up. I'm going to go defend it. I'm going to go fight for this. And God used him and, you know, I was thinking about how, um, how there, there are different battlefields for us in our life. And I think one of the greatest battlefields that we have to literally make a deliberate choice, a decision to go step into the battlefield of what's going on in our mind. The battlefield of the mind is a battlefield. It is, it is in the middle where you have to kind of make this decision to say, I'm going to go get in the middle of what's really going on in my mind and in my heart. And so many of us have been defined by a lot of lies. You think back on your life and you've been labeled by all kinds of uh, things, whether it's been people that have labeled you or it's been you that have, have labeled yourself. And you have, for maybe a long time in your life, been like the Israelites where um, they all ran. They, they, they ran away. 
you know, we've got a lot of runners at Creekwood and we've got uh, Godspeed and my wife loves that, that uh, uh, her life group that they run and they run all these crazy amounts of miles. But I was thinking about how that, that a lot of us, um, we, we have become good runners. We run away from dealing with our issues. There's actually a, um, a running language that you hear people say a lot of times that, that you know, um, one, one of the, the phrases you hear when you talk about a running language is, I can't deal with that. So that's the way you run from the battle, from dealing with making the choice of getting in the middle of some of these issues that are sabotaging your life, that are destroying your life. They're the lies that you have believed, the labels that have been put upon you. That maybe it's, it's for some of you the label of I'm not enough or I will never, you know, um, nothing's ever going to work out for me. Or maybe a relationship uh, went south on you and you walked through a divorce and you are like, you know what, the, the label that you have, have allowed uh, to, to define you is that you're, you're not lovable. And something has to rise up inside of you that you make the choice to go get in the middle of it. And you're willing to fight. You know, I was thinking about battles and fighting about things. And, you know, there's some things that aren't worth fighting for. Again, the lentils in that field were not worth fighting for. That was not a good enough reason for Shama to go stand out in the middle and fight for something. But do you know that uh, I was thinking about even, even my wife and I, and I hope She's not watching because I'm going to just tell you a little bit of some of the things we fight about. And we fight about the bed a lot. Now, let me say this. I can look through that camera and I can tell some of y'all's minds in the gutter. I, I, when I say we fight about the bed, there's some things about the bed that my wife and I disagree on. One is I don't like to be under the sheets. I, like, I do not like the texture of sheets. And so I'm always on top of the sheets and I want to... Like, I want to feel the texture of the blanket. And my wife is like, you know, what are you, six years old? You need to get under the sheets. The other thing we fight about is my wife wants a king-size bed. And I'm like, we're not getting a king-size bed. And, and we have a queen-size bed. And I'm like, babe, if we get a king-size bed, I can't find you. King-size beds are so huge. And so, again, uh, those are things we've argued about. But you know what? That's not worth like fighting for you know what's worth fighting for it's worth fighting for you getting over and getting through some of these labels that have sabotaged your life it's worth you going and getting in the middle of the the battlefield of, of what's going on inside of your mind and you saying you know what this lie that has defined my life, it's worth me going and standing like Shama in the middle of this and fighting for it. And one of the things, again, that you, you're gonna find is, and I love the last part of this, it says, and the Lord brought about a great victory. And um, I love that. That God you know, we do our part and then God steps in and God brings that healing. God brings that restoration. And, you know, one of the things, again, I said this last weekend that um, when we're in the middle, it's when we find out what's in the middle of us. 
and you think about, again, a lot of us have had a lot of time on our hands and you've been able to think about a lot of stuff and um, while this has not been an easy season, it's also revealed a lot of areas of your life that you say, you know what, this is an area that I, this insecurity or these labels that have been put on my life, I need to go get in the middle of that and I need to work through that. And I need to allow God to begin to work in my life. You know, Ephesians 4, 20, verse 24 says, but that, that is not the way you learn Christ. And again, we talked about this last week and about what does it mean to be a follower of Christ and that it's not always easy. And, and, and part of following Christ is that Christ wants to transform our lives. And Christ wants us to be fully devoted followers of Christ. And part of that is that uh, we began to, to allow him to, change us and it's just assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of your of God in true righteousness and holiness and I love that phrase where it says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your, your minds. And when, when I talk about the spirit, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. And I love the Holy Spirit. But in this, in this moment, what I'm talking about is your spirit. Is, it's what people come across before they really get to know you. It's, it's really the attitude they see. It's the, the, the way that you are. Um, that, that maybe... They see it, but you don't see this about yourself. And it says that we should begin to renew that spirit in our mind and begin to allow it to, to change it. And a lot, a lot of us, the only way um, we think that we can change what's going on in our minds is that we have to have our circumstances changed. But I love that Shama was willing to make the decision to say, you know what, just because there's chaos going on and everybody is running away from dealing with this, it doesn't mean that there has to be chaos in me. That he went and he actually placed himself in that moment because he knew that God was with him. You know, we live in a world and a society that doesn't want to deal with things, doesn't want to deal and address with a lot of these, these areas in our own personal lives. And again, we all have all kinds of different labels and lies that we've believed in our life. And, and that first area of your life is being willing to step into that and saying, God, I, I am making the choice to get into the middle of that. And I, I want you to allow that change to come about in my life. I, I want to choose the right spirit. I, I want to have the right thoughts, the right mindset in my life. When people come around me that they say, you know what, man, his spirit, it just blesses me. It, 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 it encourages me. It strengthens me when I'm around that person. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write down just a couple things here today. Just, and again, I want this to be practical for you. And um, that, that battlefield, it, it's happening in your mind. And when you think about what does it mean to renew, um, renew the spirit in your mind, and you begin to look at some areas of your life, um, 
If you want to write this down, there's, here's just a couple. There's so many that we could write down today, but just there's three of them that I want to look at specifically today. Uh, number one, choose a life-giving spirit. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to listeners. And I want to ask you, what comes out of your, what, what kind of words come out of your mouth? When you think about the majority of the words that, that come out of your mouth, um, what kind of, what, what is it that's coming out of your mouth? Is it always hurtful? Is it, is it gossip? You know, I don't know if you realize this, but everything you think, you don't have to say. And I think that's a great place to say amen. Um, I think that's a great advice, great wisdom for marriages. You don't need to say everything that you're thinking. You know, when you choose to, to have a life-giving spirit, you begin to, to, to say, you know what, what I want, I, I, I choose to get in the, in the, the middle of, of the negativity and the, the sarcasm and, and the gossip and all that stuff. And I, I, I choose to allow God to begin to change me and allow me to have a life-giving spirit. I know some of you are like, Pastor Stephen, you don't really know how I am. I, it is the hardest thing for me to do. And I, I, would, I would begin by, by making that confession to say, I and say that with me today, just say it out loud right where you're at. Make that confession to say, I am life-giving. And for some of you, again, it may be a struggle. Maybe the life-giving words that you say to somebody is, hey, I love your shirt. And that's about all you can say right then. But again, um, what would it be look, what, it would, what, what would it look like if when people around you, they said, and when I'm around that person, they're like a breath of fresh air. Proverbs 16, 24 says, gracious words are, are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You know, your words could have a healing effect in the life of somebody. And again, the reverse is also true that uh, it could, your words can also injure, have an injury effect on people. For us to be able to choose to have a life-giving spirit, it means, again, we got to be willing to to go into battle, to fight against all of our, 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 our nature that, that goes against this and says, you know what, God, I choose to get in the middle for you to heal me. Get in the middle of all these labels and all of these things that have kept me from uh, being life-giving. God, I want to get in the middle of my anger. Some of you have been carrying anger for 20 years because of something's happened and every word around and your insecurities have caused you to, to there's no life-giving coming out of your spirit, it is always hurtful. And it means that you got to be willing to go get in the middle of that. And you got to fight that. And you got to say, God, with your help, God, I know that I can face this. Number, number two, choose a humble spirit. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I really believe with all of my heart that a lack of humility means it's a lack of trust in God. When I can't have humility, it means I don't trust God enough to take care of me when everything is about myself. And again, a lot of us, uh, what we need to get in the middle of is our selfishness. 
Maybe some of the greatest, one of the greatest battles you're going to fight this season right now is to say, God, I'm going to get in the middle of, of why I am so selfish. Why is my life only about myself and I'm never thinking of other people? Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, and there it is, humility. Say humility with me today. Humility. Humility, gentleness, and patience. And I also love Proverbs 22.4. This is, I just love this scripture. It says, The reward for humility and fear the Lord is riches and honor and life. And if you don't need any other motivation to walk in humility, it's that you're going to have riches and honor in life. You want to be poor and not have wealth and not have honor in your life? Then choose to walk in pride. Choose not to go get in the middle of uh, fighting that battle, saying, God, would you help break that cycle in my life that is pushing people away from me? Um, again, humility is, is, is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. And there's a big difference. First Peter 5, 6 says, humble, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The Bible tells us that when we think about others, God will actually elevate us. Number three, choose a faith-filled spirit. And this is the last one. And I hope that you're taking notes because these three areas in our spirit, I think are worth us getting in the middle of that battlefield to have these things be a part of our spirit. And having a faith-filled spirit is, is, is believing that there's, there is more for my life. I, I, I am believing I know for some of you, all you hear in your mind is, I can't, or you will never. And I, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And again, I think a lot of us, the reason why we are not faith-filled and we don't have this faith-filled spirit, it's because we're trusting in our own understanding and we're letting our past mistakes and some of you are man you've been fighting what you did 20 30 years ago or five years ago the sin that you committed whatever it was and you've allowed it to define you and you're you don't have this faith and I just encourage you to to go get in the middle of all of that and allow God to heal you Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that with me out loud. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's so powerful. But you know what? It takes us going and getting and making the decision, the choice to get in the middle and understanding that when I get in the middle, I can fight this and I can begin to be faith-filled and have this in my spirit. Mark 9, 23 says, And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. You know, there are a lot of things, again, that have probably beat you down. For some of you, again, it's, it's disappointment has knocked you down. For some of you, maybe it's failure. And 
that has knocked you down and you are like, I can't dream again. And it's, it's um, literally beat all of your hope down inside of your life. I pray that today something inside of you stands up on the inside and says, God, with your help, I'm going to go get in the middle of all these labels, all of these lies. And just like Shama went and stood in the middle of that field. And God, you worked and you healed and you, you worked in such a powerful way. Again, I love this. It says, and the Lord brought about a great victory. The Lord will bring about a great victory in your life if you're willing to go stand in that middle. Father, thank you for this this moment that we have together to look into your word. I pray that you would speak into our lives, Lord. I pray that as people are sitting there and listening, God, that they would begin to think about what have they been, what middle have they been running from? God, what middle language, what running language have, has been coming out of their mouth where they have avoided it and they have ran from dealing with this and say, God, this season is about me making the choice to go get in the middle of, of all of this, these labels and lies in my life. And God, you bring about this change that, God, you can allow me to walk and, and be life-giving, have this life-giving spirit, God, to have this 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 humble spirit that when people look at me and they say, he should be the most bitter, angry person. God, that we would be so humble. And God, I pray that God, you would allow us, God, to step up into this victory, God, and believe for the future of our lives and our families, God, with this faith-filled spirit that only you can give us, God. Father, we thank you for this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.